All right, we're going. We are recording. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode three of Representation. You've got Sophia. And you've got Yusuf. So what's popping over in Amsterdam then, mate? Oh, you what? Sun is shining. The terraces are open. You can get a drink outside. You can have lunch outside. We had King's Day this week. Things are looking up. That's great. Love that. Any DJ sets? Yep. So glad you asked. So glad you asked. I actually had a little spin on the decks. Crowd went wild. All six of them. They had a great time. That's great. Love that. What were you spinning? Sticking to those UK garage, bit of house, you know. Please, come on. <laughs> okay. Everyone had the best time. Any favourite blends? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Just all the hits. All of them. All yeah, of them. All the hits. Yeah. <laughs> I had a fun Spotify party the other day. Honestly, I'm going to say I'm so bored of kitchen Spotify parties. I just want to get back to the rave. I just want to be back in on the D floor with my eyes closed. Because you know that in Liverpool, they had a test event with 5,000 people, I think it was. So once you get into the club, there were no COVID regulations. Before getting there, you had to abide by COVID regulations. But as soon as you stepped into the venue, there were no COVID regulations. 5,000 people, like loads of people posting videos. It looked amazing. 5,000 people. I honestly, I think I would have combusted. So, yeah, that looks amazing. And I'm just so bored of being in a kitchen listening to the same 30 songs on Spotify that everybody knows. I want to hear some music that I don't know. That'd be nice. That would be nice. You know, also, though, here in Amsterdam, uh, we've been under a curfew for, I think, since February, maybe. And this is the first week where curfew is no longer a thing. What did I do on my first Friday night to celebrate the end of curfew? You were in bed by 8pm. Basically, I got the projector up, watched Sound of Metal, in bed by 11. That sounds like a wonderful evening, actually. I'm in bed by 10 most nights, if not every night. It was actually truly wonderful. And I'd like to discuss... Riz Ahmed and just how gorgeous sure but oh talented he is one talented man and you know what everyone Yusuf recently if you've seen Sound of Metal Riz with blonde hair until recently Yusuf also had blonde hair and you know what I want to say maybe they look quite similar so if you want a pound shop version of an international heartthrob I'm right here he is honestly B-Tech version. <laughs> <laughs> Yusuf probably went into one of those like cheap corner shop barbers, gave them a photo of Riz Ahmed and was like, please make me look like him. <laughs> They're like, oh, the number 14. Yeah, no problem. There's <laughs> a photo of, of Riz Ahmed next to David Beckham in the 90s with his curtains. He's like, yeah, that one, please. Um, yeah, so what do you think of the film? I actually haven't seen it, full disclosure, but you know, I know the premise. Film was film was very impressive and you know what you you'll love it what was there a pakistani man what was it about music sure he was in like a heavy metal band there was a lot of screaming there was a lot of shouting but oh was it nice just seeing our boy riz on the screen on the big screen loves it was his ethnicity a factor in the storyline at all literally not even a tiny bit. He could have been played by, by anyone. A white man. He could have been played by a white man. Um, yeah, no, it was it was actually very refreshing because we weren't watching a film where his character was completely associated and the storyline was about this person's ethnicity. You know, we love films like Bend It Like Beckham, but it's also quite refreshing watching a film where the fact that he was brown was nothing to do with the film. On that note, I remember a film from about 10 years ago called Everywhere and Nowhere. So pretty deep. 
it was written and directed by Simon from Blue. Simon from Blue? Simon from Blue, yeah. And it's all about a Pakistani... Was he Pakistani? Wait, Simon from Blue directed a film about a Pakistani person? <laughs> yeah, I can't remember who's Pakistani. Let's just go South Asian. He was definitely Pakistani or Indian, I can't remember. Anyway, about a Pakistani DJ, right? Who... Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, did Simon from Blue make a film about you, Yusuf? I'm not even joking, right? He made a film about Pakistani DJ who was like desperate to make it on the underground scene. Ends up writing like, I think it was a drum and bass tune with guess what, like Pakistani influences in it and it became an underground hit. But at the same time, he um, is facing loads of resistance from his family. It was, and it's honestly one of the worst films in the world. It's so, it was like me and my mate watched it well, yeah, a long time ago, and it is terrible, but it's, it's you know, it's good fun. Oh my God, big up Simon from, wait, Simon? Yeah, yeah, Simon. Simon, big up Simon from Blue and his affinity with the Pakistani struggle. Pakistani, Let's get yeah. him on the podcast. And yeah, you know, it's, of course, it's all about, about this guy, all about using his heritage and his music, which actually you mention in your chat with our next guest, Marissa Manik, a.k.a. Manuka Honey. Oh, do I? Yusuf, I reckon that most of the time I can, you know, present myself as pretty laid back, pretty cool. But I lost it a bit when I was talking to her. I just couldn't stop telling her how cool I thought she was. She loved you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was listening back to it, I probably had to skip a solid eight because every time I played it, it was just you going, I just think you're so cool. And it's like, okay, get this. So <laughs> Cool, but it was embarrassing. I, I lost it. I lost it. I really enjoyed my chat with her. I've been following her for a little while. I read her horoscopes every month, which, by the way, are bang on. Do you want to know this month? Apparently, according to Marissa, I've start off the month a bit wobbly and kind of not be feeling very rooted, be missing family. But then I'd kind of realized that family can be anywhere. Like family is who I choose. And I had this realization at the beginning of the month, I met with my friend Samir and I was like, actually, you are my chosen family. Anyway, and then she said that I'd have a blossoming romance at the end of the month. So I'm still waiting on that, but we've got, oh wait, the month's ended. Well, you know, you can't be right every time. Gassing her up all day, but we should probably just play my chat with her. So everyone, I'm very excited to present to you our next guest in the third episode. If anyone here is a fan of Galdem, then you'll probably know Marissa Malik, aka Manuka Honey. She's a London-based DJ. She's an astrologer who's paid at, I don't know, the likes of Fabric, appeared on Boiler Room, NTS, has a show with Rinse. Welcome, Marissa. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. Thank you so much for being here. And before we get onto your music and your DJing, I do just want to say I'm such a huge fan of more than your presence on the music scene. Honestly, to me, you epitomize cool. If anyone is listening and hasn't been on Marissa's Instagram, you need to get on it right now and give her a follow. Like you are the person that I think every person of color or just like everyone needs on their feed. And like, I'm so glad that my younger sister has people like you to kind of break up what otherwise is normally a really toxic scrolling experience you know you so loudly and proudly say that someone with Pakistani heritage can just be queer can be spiritual in those of different ways can be a DJ can like really love their body hair and themselves so I just want to say thank you 
you're amazing. Wow. It's that's so generous and so sweet to hear. I really, I really appreciate that because I think, you know, being a person with a public profile can be quite tumultuous at times. And it can often feel like I'm screaming into a void. That's just a bunch of random pages on Instagram and on the internet. So it's really nice to get an idea of how people settle with and really perceive my presence in general. So, and especially one that's as sweet as that. Uh, so yeah, thank you. You are a super cool, talented DJ. You have a radio show, you've DJed at Fabric. Talk to me about your DJing. Like where did it start? How did you get into it? I have been a big nerd my whole life. And as a teenager, I was really into UK underground music, which was a very insular thing to do for myself and be into as a teenager because I grew up in a small backwoods town in America. I was a girl with a tumbler who really liked UK grime and dubstep and garage and had a big pair of headphones and did a lot of that. So I was really into the UK underground so much so that whenever I would visit family over here in the UK, I would, you know, try and go to raves and try and like get involved in the scene. I moved to the UK um, in 2017 and I was going to raves, like still participating in the underground, just kind of from a a standpoint as a punter and someone who was friends and affiliated with all of these scenes, but not really leaving my own mark. And then in 2018, I signed up for the DJ workshops that Pussy Palace was doing with Boiler Room. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, so I got onto the workshop course. It was like a three month course where you were given access to the Boiler Room Studios to like learn on CDJs. And once in a while, people from that collective would share their DJ skills and knowledge and industry knowledge with us as well. That really helped me get my foot in the door with having my own sound and figuring out what I wanted to play and what music I was interested in It's interesting because when I moved to the UK, I was really just excited about UK-centric music, music that came from the UK and really originated here. But what I didn't expect to happen was for me to miss reggaeton so much, something I really took for granted being in the States because um, one of the predominant diasporas in the States is the Latinx diaspora, which I'm obviously part of. I experienced a lot just in my daily life. Then when I came to the UK, I was like, oh my God, actually, I want to be DJing reggaeton and I want to be representing that because it's so absent from the sound here. And I think it could be really beautiful to fuse what we know as like uh, UK sounds with that as well. And it really opened up a whole new sector of the underground to me. And as I progressed through, you know, networking and meeting new people through music and going to different gigs that for to see DJs that I'd never heard of, I just got more and more involved and made a bigger and bigger imprint. And when I want something, I can be a bit relentless, you know, hitting people up on Instagram, asking people for guest mixes. I had a lot of music friends already, but then it was now a matter of cashing in on those moments of being like, hey, can I now be on your radio show? Now, I, I don't just do artwork now. I'm starting to DJ. I definitely am feeling anxious to get back on the decks as well. It's been a while since I've touched decks. And one of the people who taught me how to DJ is Manara. And Mm. she always told me, you mess up, just wheel back the track and start screaming. And that has helped me a lot in this lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to remember that. So speaking of Manara, I want to ask more about any other role models you had when you first started, especially like, I don't know, people of Mexican heritage, people of Pakistani, South Asian heritage. Did you see any of them when you kind of started out DJing? 
Yeah, there was quite a few people that I was looking up to along my journey. I would say Rio Bamba is one of the like first uh, Latinx producers and DJs who I was like, wow, what she does is amazing. And I really respect it. And I really rate it. And I want to be doing what she's doing in my yeah. own way. Her definitely. And then obviously the people who taught me how to DJ at the workshops, Lilsi, George, Manara, Basmati, people from that whole sector of things I really admired as well well and I was really lucky to be tutored by all of them for South Asian people like I quickly learned a lot of people in the underground who were doing like making those waves in London like um, Jati and uh, Nana Chippy Nonstop is someone who like I saw doing her thing these are my um, contemporaries and yeah who I really respect and admire there's so many other DJs as well. Like I'm just, as I think more and more about it, like Anu is one of my favorite DJs as well. I've had the privilege of like hearing her play um, at Keep Hush that we both did together. And she's just so amazing and so cross genre. And like one thing that I think is really important for us to remember is that we are South Asian DJs and women of color, people of color. However, we're not obligated to quote unquote represent our culture and everything we do and that's something that is exciting to explore and if you want to I would say always go for it but that's not something that has to define your sound you're allowed to define your sound however you want and Anu is a great person who does that yeah I think the greatest thing about doing this podcast is just like introduce me to this whole community of amazing amazing South Asian DJs in particular, which I didn't know existed before because it is quite underground. Someone who is just thinking more and more about music but hadn't kind of infiltrated this group of people yet. I was like, where are we all? Like, what's going on? Like, who who can I compare myself to? And now starting this podcast, I'm like, okay, there's loads and they are all doing amazing things. Like you said that you love using a lot of reggaeton music and that's a big part of your music. Is that really, truly love that music and you want to? Or is that also a bit of you that feels obligated to be like, okay, I'm doing this as well because I'm Mexican and that's part of, I don't know, a brand? It's difficult, right? Because we live in this very strange moment for many reasons. One of the reasons is our identities are like super commodified by the media right now. It's now a trend to capitalize on people who are mixed race, people who are pejorative races, people who are minoritized and people who are basically like not white Western people. And when there's a paycheck that comes with that, like I'm not going to tout people for doing that. However, it, it does affect how authentic that reach towards your culture is at times. And I guess it's not really my place to speculate it, whether people are being authentic or inauthentic with how they're doing that. For me, I play a lot of reggaeton because that is something I'm very connected to and want to do. And that's not to say that I don't have a great relationship to my culture as like a Pakistani person in terms of the music I listened to there. Growing up, like my mother is Mexican and like I did listen to more reggaeton and hear more reggaeton and it's a sound that I'm more familiar with and want to leave my own kind of mark in. And yeah, yeah so our times when I do feel pressured to represent that, there have been a lot of times when I've felt pressured to represent South Asian music 
in what I'm doing as well. But I try really hard to fight that because ultimately the great thing about being as a DJ is you play whatever you want. There are times when I will drop a Bollywood track or I'll play something that is non-Western, like I'll play Nancy Ajram or I'll play Umkuthum. But you know, there's there's so many different things that come up, but that's because I, I just like the music and <laughs> I'm never going to reach outside of what I'm comfortable doing or what I like. So I think what's important I, and what I would say to people who are young date DJs is don't play music that you don't rate because ultimately your music is who you are as a DJ, the music you play. Good advice. I'm going to remember it when I have that crisis, like a year down the line when I'm like, wait, all I want to play is UK Garage, but should I create my brand around being Pakistani? I don't know. You know what? I think what my recommendation in terms of like thinking about your brand and identity thing is do what you want first and the brand will come from it. You know, yeah. what you become known for will, will come out of that. Like for me, did I set out to create a brand about being like kind of a gothy, weird reggaeton mixed race DJ who is also an astrologer and tarot reader? No, that's, these are all just <laughs> things that I like and they come together at the apex of who I am. And then that's the brand, I guess. And people recognize it because it's all just things that I like and I like a bunch of random weird stuff <laughs> what I want to talk about next is just ask like you are doing this amazing thing where you're challenging stereotypes of what it means to be you know a Pakistani person is is this something that you are like are consciously doing I love supporting women of color, women as a whole, non-binary people, trans people, people who are queer, marginalized people who I relate to in a community sense. And I think the kind of representation that comes out of my presence online, that was more of a latent thing that I wasn't thinking about as much because I feel that my care that I offer my community comes from other things that I do. But I realize that is something that comes out of my presence online now too. And I am so happy about that. I feel a bit ambivalent at times because there are some ways I'm really challenging stereotypes and some ways I'm not. So I am being really bold and really unapologetic about showing hair that grows on different parts of my body, normalizing that. But then, you know, I'm constantly thinking at the same time, like I am a light-skinned, able-bodied person or like physically, like visually able-bodied person who has relative privilege in so many different ways. So when I'm lumped into a body positivity category, I feel a little bit deep about it just because I feel I shouldn't be necessarily at the forefront of that movement. But I do recognize that there are certain things about what I do that are, are really important and I'm happy I do for people. I love challenging stereotypes as yeah. something that we need to be thinking about critically as a way to keep questioning systems around us that are oppressive. And there's a lot of them. It's drowning in them. Yeah, exactly. Questioning white supremacy is something that I've been doing for a lot of my life at this point. And I think a pillar of what I want to always do is question white supremacy. Just finishing up, but what's in the pipeline for you? Post lockdown, you obviously haven't done much DJing over the past year. Do you have exciting events, nights coming up? Tell me about that. Yes. So I have a release coming out. My first EP, my debut EP is dropping on the 21st of May with one of my favorite labels, Nafi, who are a Mexican underground label. The EP is called Industrial Princess and it was mostly produced over lockdown. I'm really excited for that to be coming out. So Very excited. But I have quite, a, I have a handful of gigs lined up in the UK, which I'm really excited about. Again, so 
keep eyes on my socials for more info about that. One will be in London, one will not be in London. So I'm excited to be traveling a little bit Ooh, again. Very exciting. And yeah, I'm going to keep doing my radio shows, keep doing more guest mixes. I've been producing, I've been collaborating with some like dear friends and producers who I really admire. I'm working on some tracks with DJ Florentino right now. I'm working on ongoing collaborating with Rio Bamba and one of my good friends, Nara, who's a hard dance producer. So more music is coming soon as well. Last question. You may have prepared for it. You may have not, but it's literally my favorite thing to ask is... Imagine the scene, you've been cast away to a Desi island and you can take one song with you. So it can be a song that reminds you of your childhood or of someone you're collaborating with at the moment, any South Asian DJ, producer, artist. What is your Desi island disc? Okay, so mine is a person. Okay, great. And he's one of my favorite producers and he is South Asian as well. He goes by Kush Aurora, and he makes music with a lot of different amazing MCs. His instrumentals are great. He also has another project called Only Now, and I would drag him to this um, desert island with me with Ableton and a bunch of hardware, and we would make music until we both starved to death, I guess. So that was Marissa. Check them out on Insta, Marissa Malik, aka Manuka Honey, for upcoming gigs, also horoscopes on Gaudem, and info on that debut EP coming out on the 21st of May on Nafi Music. Such an interesting person, so much to say, really enjoyed listening to her work ethic. Just what I took away from it is that she didn't wait for things, because I think what I have a tendency to do is that if I feel like if I do the work the people will come and I kind of feel like I'm owed something but she just went she just she's not afraid to ask for something she's not afraid to just to message people and be like put me on your radio show put me on your guest mix like I wish I could get over my own ego and just be like can I do a guest mix you know what I mean Yusuf obviously you could and should be doing that do you really think that someone is just going to like stumble across one of your SoundCloud pages with three views and it's going to be like this big honcho from LA and be like wow wow this guy's so I gotta put this guy on (laughs) is that how you think it works is that how you think it works well I hope it works great to hear a DJ pushing the reggaeton sound as well bringing reggaeton over to the UK fan of that we don't hear it enough Yeah, there was definitely a time maybe like four or five years back when reggaeton started coming into the kind of UK scene with people like Florentino kind of bringing in this sort of UK grittiness to reggaeton. That was really cool. And also a lot of reggaeton sounds started getting into incorporated dancehall because around four or five years ago, something just tipped and reggaeton became the most streamed music globally. That started just infecting dancehall because obviously this is what's so interesting. And it's all about the diaspora, which is what Marissa was talking about. And you can start to see the roots and how it's all connected. Reggaeton as a sound came from dancers. So that, that reggaeton sound came from a dancehall song in the 90s by Shabarangs, a song called Dembo. And that one song, that one dancehall song spawned an entire genre, starting in Puerto Rico. But you obviously have massive scenes in each individual country across Central America and South America. Yusuf, if that's correct, you're an absolute encyclopedia. That is, is correct. That <laughs> no, that's correct. Oh my that's God. Correct. I don't even think he like kind of did any research pre this chat. He just came out with that fact just, just as we were about to sign off. I just, I just know that. I just know that information. 
it's worth saying that I am absolutely obsessed with reggaeton, have been for the last few years. Um, my most listened to artist on Spotify in 2020 was J Balvin, Colombian guy. I know that's probably kind of basic for real reggaeton actual fans. reggaeton fans. <laughs> actual reggaeton fans, because, yeah, I mean. That's like me probably saying like, oh, yeah, I love Colombian music. Uh, my top artist was Shakira. <laughs> that's not their say. <laughs> that's not oh, the same but I take your, I'm so I, sorry look, Marissa if you're listening to this that's not the same but I take your point I take your point so that's a wrap episode 3 in the bag episode 3 use did you ever think we'd get this far no in, in all honesty I kind of hoped we'd just stop after episode 1 I kind of thought we'd stop after episode 1 and episode 3 was really touch and go I thought we might just crack delete the insta and if anyone ever asked me about it again I'd just kind of like pretend I couldn't hear them Sorry, no, I don't remember that. But we're powering through, we're powering through. We're going to keep on going. So follow us on Insta, tell your mates, and we're enjoying it. So I guess we should carry on. All right, everyone, this was Safir and Yusuf on representation. See you next time. Signing off. Ciao. Khudafis.